Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories Season 4. I am your host, writer and comedian, Emily Winter, and before we get started with the most incredible story, I have to say one thing, okay? Um, if you want to support this podcast, there is a new way to do it, and that is to pre-order my trivia book that comes out in October. Um, I didn't know this, but pre pre-ordering books always seemed like a very silly useless endeavor to me. Um, but it actually determines how many copies bookstores order of a book and where they place it. So if you're like, why is that good book on the bottom shelf? And why is this stupid book on the table? It's because the stupid book got a lot of pre-orders. And I would love to be the stupid book that gets a lot of pre-orders. And I would really appreciate if you pre-ordered my trivia book called One Day Smarter. The subtitle is Hilarious Random Information to Uplift and Inspire. There's trivia games in it. And related to this podcast, my editor definitely let me keep in the chapter called Morbid Facts for Know-It-All Goths, which I'm so excited about. So um, you can get the book wherever you like to get your books, whether that's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Hudson Booksellers, Books A Million, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, Walmart, Bookshop.org, um, or your local bookstore you can pre-order. Uh, most local bookstores seem to have it. So it is, uh, it's coming out October 12th. I'm really, really proud of it and excited about it. And I hope that you pre-order the book. I think it makes an awesome gift book for the holidays and every single pre-order makes a difference. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have Allie Gordon. Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you. Um, I love ghosts a lot. So I'm thank you for letting me be here. <laughs> I am I am so happy. And so I know you're podcasting from New York City. Where are you originally from? I grew up in New York City. Mm. I'm born and bred New York City, a little subway rat. That's me. One of the few. One of, one the, of the few. few. <laughs> does, it, <laughs> does it bother you that the rest of the world comes to your city? No, not at I mean like not at all because like I am of the delusion that it's like the greatest place on earth like and many people who move here also feel that way but like when you're born here it's like like sick the way the way you believe it where like you're like what there are stores in other parts of the world I don't think so like <laughs> it's like sad how much I like believe it's the best place in the world and so like at least on my end of it, you're like, why, why wouldn't you want to come here? Like when people don't move here, I'm like, is something wrong? Are you okay? Like, <laughs> did anybody talk to you? Like, yeah. do you need, do you need me to like talk you through it? Cause like, it'll could totally work. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel the opposite. Oh my God. That's so funny. So Allie, uh, I'm so excited to hear your ghost stories where you have one big ghost story and I'm pumped to hear it. Where does it take place? And, and tell me what happened. Uh, it takes place in a very small town called Weston, Vermont. Um, I feel like most ghost stories take place in Vermont, like <laughs> just like pound for pound, most ghost stories take place in Vermont, but this one also does. Um, when I was in college, I was hired to do like a summer of uh, summer theater in this town called Weston, Vermont. They have a really cool theater there called the Weston Playhouse. The town of Weston isn't even like technically a town. It's like a township or something like that. Like it, it, it's so small. It doesn't even have like a local government. It has like five women who like co-make decisions for the town. It's like teeny tiny. And then, you know, from 
let's say May to the beginning of September, suddenly the population of this town is like tripled because all these actors and theater people come and stay in these like old houses and do theater there for the summer. And it's great. It's really fun. It's like a big cultural hub in that part of Vermont. Awesome. Um, Amazing. Yeah. It's great. And like part of what charm is charming about it is that like while it is very professionally run theater, they did not like bulldoze a house to make high-rise actor housing. You just go stay in these like old ski lodges or whatever. So for me, my first year, I stayed in the 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 farmhouse is what they called it. It did used to be a farmhouse from the 1880s. It had been converted. It was now like a three-floor very old, decorated at different points in time. I guess during the winter, you could rent it out and have it be like a ski lodge for your friends. But it was like, no offense, like deeply shitty. Like it was not, (laughs) it was not nice. It was very charming, but like by no means was it nice. Quite often did we find like chipmunks in our living room because they could get in somehow. Yeah, (laughs) like that's how it, but like charming in its own way too. Like when you're, I think I was like 20, like that's the perfect time to do something like that. I am now 30 and I could, you could not convince me <laughs> to live in a house with 18 people and chipmunks. But at the time it was like thrilling. Um, and the top floor was uh, two bathrooms and what we called the orphanage because it looked exactly like the orphanage from Annie uh, when like Miss Hannigan goes in and there's just like a row of girls' beds. <laughs> okay. It was horrifying. Again, it was like not particularly nice, but- um, I don't know how, but I got stuck in the room that had like eight girls and we all had our own bunk bed. Thank goodness. We didn't have to share a bunk bed, but you had your own. And they were just like in a long row of bunk beds going back. And it looked like, <laughs> it looked like the, the orphanage from Annie. Um, okay, so you were up in the orphanage. I was in the orphanage. Yeah. So did you um, throw all your stuff on the top bunk? And then yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, you know, again, as a 20 year old, you're like, Ooh, this is fun. And so you like, you put all your stuff on the top bank bunk and I had like a blanket that I like uh could fold down for when I wanted my privacy on the bottom I don't know you know it's like all that stuff then when you're like a young person you're like this is awesome right Um, right so I liked it um and so the notable thing about this room besides the fact that there are many girls in it is that it was the attic it is no longer the attic but it was the attic and it had very sloped walls like in the way that you could picture an unfinished attic. Yeah, like it was the top of the house. The The slope of the triangle was kind of dramatic. And so because our beds were pushed up against, the bunk beds were pushed up against the walls to leave the middle of the room free for walking, mm-hmm. you could get in the bunk bed on one side, but you could not get in off uh, around the other side. Okay. Because the slope was so dramatic that it was too low for you to be able to walk yeah. or stand. Like I'm pretty sure, and even I could not stand comfortably between the bed and the wall because the slope was so angled. Yeah. Uh, This will be important later. (laughs) That's why I'm bringing that up. Um, So yes, Vermont, like I said, everybody thinks it's haunted. Everybody talks about it being haunted. Um, You would go into town and they'd be like, oh, are you the actors? Where are you staying? Ooh, are you in the farmhouse? Tell us if you see a ghost, blah, blah, blah. Oh no. Um, (laughs) So for me, that was very exciting because I really like ghosts. I've like, I'm excited by the prospect of ghosts. Then I had a lot of friends as well who were like, please don't talk about ghosts. You're freaking me out. I don't want to, I don't want to make this a thing. Um, So one night, let's say like 
two months into me being there, totally in a routine, have done a lot of stuff. Nothing has been weird so far. I am dead asleep somewhere between like three and four in the morning. And I get the feeling on the back of my neck, like you're being watched. Uh, so strongly, it wakes me up out of sleep. Like, it's really hard to explain because like, I feel like normally when you have that feeling, you are already conscious and like you look around. But it was like, it like was so strong that it took me out of dreaming into being like, I'm still feeling it in such a profound way that like I have to wake up and look around. That's terrifying. I rolled over to where the, between the bed and the wall would be, the very mm -hmm. sloped side and standing totally straight, which is, would be impossible because mm -hmm. of the way the room was set up was a man. And he was like, had not really any expression on his face. He was just like very calm. Um, people keep being like, was he floating? Was he blue? And it's like, no, like really in this moment, it was just a, a, a person um, with like, I remember like very gray eyes and a very neutral expression, almost like a frighteningly neutral expression, like no, nothing to be discerned from the expression. Did it look like he was looking at you or looking sort of away from you or through you or? In my mind, he was like, in my memory of this, he was looking at me. Yeah. And if not like at me, like the sense was that it was like looking over my bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The weird thing is I was really confused and I was not at all scared. Like, like oh. fright, fright was not a emotion that came up at all because my brain started going, oh my God, there's a guy there. But no, there isn't because he can't fit, but I'm still looking at him. But it can't possibly be because if it was a real guy, he would have done something by now. Well, but you're looking at him. But like, like my brain, I, it was just like, I couldn't feel any emotion besides like the like washing machine of my thoughts, like <laughs> trying, trying like, to make sense. Yes, because like, you know, I guess if you, if it was, a, uh, you assumed a person who snuck in to do something terrible, he would have by that, by that point done something and he didn't. And he really just like kept standing and sort of like looking in my direction. And then like, not even like I blinked and he was gone. He just like suddenly wasn't there anymore. And I was in my brain, especially cause I was tired. And again, because I wasn't feeling scared. I was just sort of feeling confused. I kind of went like, that was weird and went back to sleep. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like you're a very brave person though. You're not afraid of the idea that there could be ghosts in the house. And then you see one and you're like, let me, let me put my science brain on this and figure this out. And yeah. But that almost feels like too logical of a summation of like what was like actually happening, which is that my brain just like got stuck in a thought loop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Which was just like, that's not real, but you're seeing it, but it's not real, but you're seeing it. Like that's kind of all the like, <laughs> like all the thoughts I could process. And then like when it went away, I kind of was like, well, now I can finally go on to the next thought, which was I was sleeping. So I'm going to go back and do that again. God, so what I like did the guy, sorry, what did the guy look like? I mean, it's Vermont. So my guess is he's a white guy. He was uh, a white guy. Surprise. He was a white guy. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's funny. Cause like, he did not have any like very distinct features, uh, but he had like a long face. He seemed very serious. Like I said, he had like no expression at all. And I remember him having like lightish eyes. Like they, they didn't, they felt like gray almost. Uh -huh. That's kind of all I really like remember slash all that really felt um, particularly memorable. So not like any old timey outfits. Or... Yeah. And like, it look, it is totally possible, but that was like that's, not that's what my brain was. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so the next morning I wake up and I'm like going about my day and suddenly I'm like, whoa, wait, something weird happened to me last night. I think I saw a ghost last night. So I'm excited. Like I said, I'm like, 
people have said there could be ghosts. I think I saw one. Yes. But also, like I said, I had many friends and coworkers and even people who had to sleep in that room with me who were like, do not talk about the ghost. If we talk about the ghost, I'm going to have to go home. Like, <laughs> like you're ruining my summer. Like, please, like I'm here to do a job. And if you tell me there's a ghost in this room, I will like lose my mind. So as much as I wanted to talk about this ghost, I did not talk about this ghost with many people. If somebody like individually, privately was like, oh my God, tell me everything. We could like go to a place I'd be like, okay, I was standing there la, 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 and I woke <laughs> up and it was on the back of my neck. But for the most part, it's not like I was like at the breakfast table being like, and the ghost was standing between the bed and the wall and da, 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 da. Let's say five nights later. Oh my God. It's like two or three in the morning and I hear from the bed in front of me, my friend go, who's in the room? and I'm the only person who wakes up which I guess makes sense because I was like closest to her and I remember being like Lillianne you okay and uh the sense that I got was that like she got really embarrassed that like she had like talked out loud or done something or said something because she suddenly was like I'm fine yeah and I was like are you okay you kind of like kind of like made a big noise kind of asked who was in the room and she was like no no it's it's fine it's totally fine I was like okay you want to like come sleep in my bed or something? Like, are you okay? Like everything fine? She's like, no, it's cool. It's fine. It's totally cool. Okay. Good night, Lillian. Nothing. Um, <laughs> then like the next morning I wake up, I go brush my teeth. When I come back into the room, she's awake in bed, like scrolling on her phone. I was like, knock, knock. Hey, Lillian. Um, do you remember talking last night in your sleep? And she was like, no, not at all. I was like, oh, damn. That would have been really cool if she'd remembered. And I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, at like really late last night, like let's say like three in the morning, um, I woke up to you like gasping and then you said, who's in the room? And her face goes from like confused to like very serious very quickly. And she's like, oh my God, there was, um, this is impossible, but like there was a guy standing between the bed and the wall. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, tell me everything. And like, again, this was not a person that I had like shared all my details with because she expressly had told me not to. Yeah. Right. And so like when people try and like play like gotcha with me on this story, they're like, um, you did tell people. And it's like, yeah, of course I was psyched. But like, I didn't tell people who specifically told me not to tell them. Like that's a very dick thing to do. And she <laughs> shared like a, an extremely similar story to like what I had experienced which is that she'd like been dead asleep and there was like a feeling that was like nagging her that like made her wake up and when she woke up she was facing the wall and she like saw a man standing at full height between the bed and the wall which wouldn't have been possible because of the slope and her brain was going like so how is he standing he should be hunched over but he is but he's there I should be scared no I'm not and like the only thing that her brain was able to like manage was who's in the room so this is super interesting to me that she also, a Freddy cat, was not afraid of this guy. It seems like, just because like she was like, <gasps> it seemed like her, her, her feeling was like slightly more scared than mine, but it wasn't like run out of the room screaming. Yeah. Because I guess like, I have heard, like I said, I like ghosts a lot. And so after this experience, I did a lot of reading about ghosts and there are, there is like a specific um, kind of encounter that people sort of talk about where the main feeling is one of like, I, how can this be possible? This isn't possible. And your brain just kind of gets like stuck in this like glitch where you're just like, I can't proceed to the next thought until this makes sense. But then because it's unable, you're unable to make sense of it, like you don't even feel the emotion. So yeah. after she okay. told me that, then we were both scared. <laughs> 
like even yeah. though I like ghosts and was excited about it I still was like ah there's something in this house um and it seems like he's coming to you in the witching hour too like three yes. in the morning which is like a little freaky he didn't do anything alarming and he didn't seem to have like a do you know what I'm saying? He wasn't like looming over the bed with a knife. Right. Which I think would be scary no matter what. It, it, he was just sort of like standing and like watching, which feels like, I guess does sound creepy when we're talking about a man standing over a woman's bed, but like it did not have a, an energy or like a feeling of like, he's coming to put his hands on your neck. It was just sort of like he was there. And so again, because I was excited about ghosts and loved the ghosts, the next time I like went into town, and stuff to like, you know, buy my coffee or whatever. I was like, we saw a ghost. We both saw the same ghost. And like, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody year, every year somebody says they saw a ghost there. Like, like I wasn't even like an exciting story. <laughs> like they were like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you're like the 50th person to say that. So they believed um, you, but they were percent. Yeah. Yep. I literally not a single person that I talked to was like, okay, sure. They were like, everybody who lived in the town was like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you and everybody else, like I get in line. <laughs> get, get in line with your ghost story. Um, You know, and like, no one knows for sure. It's not like they have like a detailed record of like who owned this house, but like, they're like, you know, that it's an old structure that used to be a farm. It no longer is, but the house is like largely the same, even though they've redone the inside, the bones of the house are the same house with like, yeah, it's probably a guy who owned the house or lived in the house or whatever. And it's just like every year, this group of like weirdos comes and lives in his house. And he like comes, <laughs> he comes around to be like, who is it this time? Like what? <laughs> Yeah. What strange, oh yeah, like what strange actors sleeping in my home. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So after that, did your friend leave or were you guys just like, I guess this is it. This is okay. I mean, we had to stay, um, which for me, again, like, because I was excited already by the prospect of the ghost, like, even though I was like, ah, that's creepy. It was like fun, creepy. And yeah. there were, I did have a couple like friends who were very upset one of whom actually had her mom ship her uh her ambien because she was like too afraid to just go to sleep at night and so she was like i'm gonna need help so like i do feel bad because like it does get in the way like for me i'm like yes that's so cool we saw a ghost it was corroborated everybody in town believes us but for other people they were like this is horrible she saw a ghost it was corroborated everybody in town believes her like there's <laughs> definitely a ghost in this room and they like you know there's like not other places for them to live we're in the middle of nowhere. So they just kind of had to live with it. Um, we did not have any more like overt ghost experiences where like people were seen or anything like that. Every so often somebody would be like, I swear I left that door closed, which like, I don't know, could be true, might not be true. But like, that was the only thing that was like straight up saw the exact same thing, had the exact same feeling. I was very excited. If I had not been me who had experienced it, I would have been so fucking jealous. <laughs> Do you ever like, well, one, have you been back? And two, like, do you, did you ever get the desire to do something wild, like a Ouija board or like a seance or something to try to like dredge them up? Um, I have been back. I've worked there three more times. I've never stayed in the same house. Um, like you're the best. Yes. Uh, not even because of choice, but because like, you know, the next time I came back, I got like slightly promoted and I got to stay in like a nicer place. And like the last, last time I came back, I was like an equity actor and like per equity rules, you have to have your own room. Mm. And so like, I lived in an actor housing where like I had my own room with a door that closed and like, um, you know, <laughs> it was like, like moving on up in the world. Yeah, uh, the, and like, I remember the second time I came back, 
the spookiest thing that happened to us was that like our house overlooked woods and at and one night there was like very clearly a campfire in the middle of the woods and like weird voices and sounds and stuff oh, and that oh. and that scared me because i'm way more scared of the idea of, of people being yeah. yes like 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 that's so that spooked me that was like the scariest experience of my like second summer there i never had anything like overtly paranormal um but like that that I was like, please don't let them go to the house. I don't know who they are. And I'm sure they were just like teenagers having fun. But of course, like in your mind, you're like, it's that movie where they come and kill Liv Tyler. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. At first I thought you were going to say it was like a ghost campfire, which I also think is very freaky. That'd be but actually yeah. cool. No, I, I, I was like afraid it was like, it was like freaks in the woods. Right. Just being like, we came to kill actors. That's what gets us off. And I was like, I was like no, please don't come here that's so funny we kill theater people is so funny I know and like uh, we deserve it too which is like the saddest part um <laughs> so yeah I, and, and then like my very last summer I mean it's like one of those places where like um I remember like we didn't have a lock on our front door in the like last actor housing mm-hmm. and um once somebody told me a story that somebody had come home late from a show and somebody was standing in the middle of their uh kitchen but it had like been like a drunk and or confused person. And I just sort of like gently shepherded him out the front door. And that was like the end of the story. And so then that became the thing I focused on of just being like, but what if there was a person standing in my kitchen? So yeah. I never had like a, I never got to have the like ghost experience again, which I miss. Yeah. I like w- wish I had that again. Well, you make a very good point that ghosts are scary, but like it usually takes, even for menacing ghosts, it takes several nights for them to manifest enough to do damage exactly Where, like a person can just come in with a knife and that's it at, at, at any time yeah exactly Woo, daddy. yeah <laughs> scary. that's a great ghost story it was fun I like and, and I, I've always liked ghosts and never since then I've been a lot more interested in just like reading about other people's experiences uh and I have found that like that feeling of my brain can't get to the next thought is like very common which is cool because like that was not something I was aware of. I had not like gone deep dive onto Reddit to read people's ghost stories pre this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very, it was very cool to like know that something that I had experienced was like a widely understood part of the like ghost seeing experience. Cause you know, like certainly like on like movies or whatever, it's like no one ever has that moment where they're like, for many, many moments being like, I'm not seeing something, right? Like, this just not particularly dramatized. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not cinematic to do that. Right. Like you're having, yeah, because it's such an internal moment and like, seriously, nothing is going on externally. You're just watching it. But like, this makes me realize that I, as a uh, longtime host of this show, have never gone into deep dives on ghost Reddit. Is there anything else on ghost Reddit that's like, oh, this is a pretty common experience or like this is a pretty, I don't know, anything else that surprised you when you read Ghost Reddit? Yeah, so that is a common thing. Something else that I like feel is pretty common is that like people will um, get a sort of like strange or uneasy sense about something that's like totally mundane and they like can't reason away why they feel that way and like you know it'll always be like and I'm a very logical person so I don't did it you know what I mean but it'll be like there was something about that staircase or um I just never liked the second bathroom on the fourth floor like 
they'll just like always have a feeling that they can't explain that they've like tried to reason away. And then there's like some day where what, for whatever reason, they like actually see the thing or the, the weird thing happens in the place they had a weird like sense about. Um, I did not have that sense. I, the, the actor housing was not very nice, but I didn't walk in and was like, this is haunted. Right, um, right, right. But like, there's definitely a thing of people being like, there was a totally innocuous staircase that like, the, for, there was no reason for me to be scared of it. But for whatever reason, every single time I walked there, I was like, this staircase is fucked up. And then like, you know, they would smell cigar smoke and then be like, okay, that's weird. And then like, you know, finally one day see like the ship's captain on the top of the staircase and be like, ah, I'm never taking the stairs again. The other thing that I've done a lot of Reddit deep, deep dives on that like is tangentially related to ghosts, but isn't really, is like when little kids can remember their past lives when they're young. Oh my God. Did you, did you see that episode of, um, there was like a Netflix show about, uh, ghosts recently. And there was one episode specifically about that. And it was, I was, I watched it twice. I, I, I have not seen it, but I truly like after we are done recording this, we'll go. I'll go find time. what it was. A uh, little insert here. That Netflix series is called surviving death. And the episode I'm talking about is number six reincarnation. Okay. Back to the show. Could all these stories be fake? A hundred percent. They could totally be fake, but they're so weird and they're so specific. They're so that, specific. Like literally everybody on the internet is either the best writer you've ever met. Probably not. Or some little kids said some weird shit. <laughs> so one or the other. I'm way more inclined to believe that little kids are weirdos. And like little American kids say Japanese islands. No, yes. like that's, that's, there's something going on there. It, it's anyway. very strange. I love that. So you have a small second story too, yes. right? I like this story just because like it, it has uh, a lot of emotion, which is like funny because that last story doesn't really, even though it's like exciting. It's not like a story that's like punctuated by like big emotions. I lost my mom in 2017. Oh, we had, sorry. Like, thank you. We had like a long, arduous, thought she was going to be in hospice for like three weeks, ended up being like six months. Everybody's lives were in like disarray, long thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, when you go through something like that, like, um, there is definitely a period of your life where like bursting into tears for no reason in public is like a big part of your life. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted to say that just because like, this did not happen during that time of my life where it was like, at any given moment, any little thing could set me off. And it was like, look at that fork. I'm going (laughs) to, that makes me think of something and I'm going to cry. This was probably like two and a half years later, which again, I know in the grand scheme of things does not sound like a very long time after a very traumatic thing, but nonetheless, I think people who are listening to this who have like been through something similar will understand that like, there's definitely like a tenuous period there where like at any given moment you could be, you could feel anything. And then things start to like equalize. And like, I was definitely in the equalizing phase and I was sitting at a Mexican restaurant with my boyfriend in New York city. Um, it was exactly what you'd expect the uh soundtrack of the evening was like a fully like a top 40 either like radio or spotify playlist no surprises there um so like i remember like the songs before were like you know katy perry whatever and for whatever reason in the moment we are not talking about anything and i start to feel like really really deeply sad like so unbelievably suddenly sad for no reason and I just started like bawling and as I started crying and this is the weird part because like people have been like are you sure it wasn't preceded by and I'm like no I'm certain it wasn't because I like I remember starting to feel sad during Katy Perry (laughs) 
And you're like, why, why is this? Yes. And like, why am I sitting here? Like I'm in the middle of a restaurant, like fully sober, you know what I mean? Like waiting for fajitas, start just like weeping. And then as I'm like (laughs) boiling up into like a full on cry, um, for whatever reason, the song that starts playing is, uh, you still believe in me by the beach boys. It's from the album pet sounds. Um, it's a great song. It's very weird. Um, it's like not like one of the A sides, I would say of like the Beach Boy catalog. Right. But it was a song that my mom loved and like often said it was like her song with her brother, who's my 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 still living uncle. And like I don't, it makes no sense that this song appeared. It makes no sense. If it was on a Spotify playlist, why was it on the playlist? Right. If it was on the radio, why was it on the like like it does not make sense? And so like as the emotions are bubbling, this song starts, I cry through the entirety of the song, like hysterical, unbelievable, like just like wailing, crying. The minute the song ends, I'm like done. And like, I'm like, oh, that was weird. I felt, and the song goes back to just being like, you know, probably what was a hit in 20, not like like early 2019 or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it went back to being like never really over. Yes, exactly. And I was like, so strange like it's one of those things that like I I just I just don't understand how how that happened and like um occasionally like I have I have a younger brother and we'll talk about like occasionally feeling like you're being visited in moments and not even necessarily moments that are like particularly profound like we have both sort of had a similar experience that like um neither of us feel like like I don't know. I'm still performing. I'm never like about to step on stage and like feel my parents suck my back. Like I, it's always like in a weird moment where just like a suddenly an emotion will start and you like can't explain why it happened. And then like some other weird little sign will like pop up that corroborates this feeling. Yeah. And like, that's, it's a great song. Highly recommend if you've never heard it, but it's like, it is definitely not like, wouldn't it be nice Right. Or God also, or... I think it's too weird to be on a top 40 playlist anyway. It would still 40. be weird, but be even weird then, though. you could argue, like, well, that song was in a Prius commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, it's such a, it is such a weird poll. And it's so specifically a poll that, like, again, was like a song that, like, meant something to my mom, but, uh, like, yeah, it's so strange. I love and then, the- like. And then weirdly enough, I remember like taking like the weird like burgundy cloth napkin and like dabbing my eyes and being like, where do you think the food is? Like, just like kind of back to, back to normal. That's so wild. What did your boyfriend do? Um, he's a very nice person. So he just sort of like sat and patted my hand. Like, <laughs> Were people like staring at you? Yes. Yes. I like, I, I mean, like probably in their minds, he had like, I had just been like broken up with or something yeah. like very dramatic. And then it was probably weird that I went back to just being like, do you think you're going to read films? Um, Because <laughs> like, like, I remember, like that was another thing that was strange is that like, um, when you have a good cry, you're like physically exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and I remember feeling like physically exhausted by having cried so hard. Like my, I could feel it like in my chest and my nose and like my muscles. But like emotionally speaking, I did not have that like, um, big cry hangover that you sometimes get when you've had like an hysterical, like a hysterical cry, like mentally, I felt like super clear. That's so wild. Yeah. I do feel like you feel it physically and then you're kind of foggy. 
yes. like you're coming out of something and yeah that's so interesting yeah it's and such it's a, it's, a beautiful story though I mean you would hope that you would hear the song and be full of joy and be dancing around but like I don't know maybe it just made you feel all the grief and the feels for three yeah. minutes and like that's the thing where it's like like I said, like when I've told this to friends, people have been like, are you certain that the song didn't start and you oh, had an right. emotional reaction to the song? And I'm like, no, because like, yes, I can concede that hearing the song definitely like amped up the emotion on the feeling. Like I was already feeling something bubbling and then the song like was like whatever popped the balloon. Right. But it, the part that I remember, the part that feels so memorable to me is that like something was bubbling up before it started and I remember being like what the fuck because yeah. it, it did feel like in those like first few months when you're like still like reeling from a loss and your life isn't back to normal yet that you're just like that bag and like anything can make you cry like it felt like that feeling again for no reason which was strange because I felt more adjusted and I was like having a totally normal and okay day like and it just like started bubbling and then the song like just pushed over the edge and like I remember like almost like as the song wrote out and like fireworks started <laughs> or whatever was the next song like it was just like it was like there and gone so fast but what do you make of this I mean I want to say like oh my gosh your mom came to visit but I, I, I don't know what to make of that I mean like, I don't know I either think there's something I, there but I yeah I really don't know like so again not to like make your podcast too much of a bummer but I, I have lost both my parents um and it was like pretty soon one after another. And it was like oh both goodness. before I turned 30. So it's like been a tumultuous late late 20s, early adulthood thing. And so like, there are a lot of things that like I get emotional about, but usually you can kind of, or like when you've been through a lot of like loss and stuff like this, you get kind of good at like realizing what your like unusual triggers might be or like, situations that you might not have thought were going to make you feel bad but do make you feel bad like you get kind of good at navigating mm -hmm. and then occasionally something will pop up where it is like so out of the ordinary like this feels like one of those things where like I cannot fit it into the like map of what I've understood I'm like learning to understand about myself and like right. my reactions to things um but I also like gotta be honest like I don't know what I feel about like being visited or signs from above like I just like don't know what my opinion is on those things um yet I would like to have an opinion on them like yeah. I'm not like anti like the idea of like someone's trying to contact you because again I like ghosts and stuff um but you know it's just I don't know what my opinion is my brother went to go see a psychic <laughs> he was like go? he was recommended to go see a psychic by a friend who said like she's the real deal she's so cool and um when she was when he was in the session with her one of the things she said totally unprompted is that um she believes less in like an afterlife and more that like there are countless ideations of reality and that like when you die your soul can go be in any of those ideations which I like conceptually I'm like into that idea and she was like by the way your dad's a pirate <laughs> <laughs> he was like okay so he told me this and we like laughed about it for a while and then like later I remember we were texting and I was like okay so stick with me on this it actually makes perfect sense my dad's like main interests were old maps and boats. Oh he, my like, God. he like loved boats, always wanted to like go sailing. And he was like an enthusiast of, um, especially maps of like uh, the, uh, like the Chesapeake Bay and like the Maryland, Virginia area. Like that was like his like specialty. 
so super interested in like the early history of those times and like I don't know like the more I thought about it I was like he could be a pirate like that's amazing like Uh, if your soul can really choose something to do like that doesn't make that doesn't not make sense to me that he's like on a boat somewhere like looking at like a tea stained map (laughs) <laughs> like but, following the stars well yeah he was really into stars my dad was like super into stars and stuff like that and like had like celestial maps and stuff again maps but like that's pirate I kinda, shit I kind of believe he's a pirate that's amazing <laughs> I also love that like I guess sometimes when I get when I think about ghosts I get bummed out because I'm still on this like time is linear idea and I'm like man these poor ghosts gotta sit there and wait for somebody yeah. like they're waiting they're waiting for hundreds of years that's such a bummer but if that's not what's happening like if, if time isn't linear and ghosts are real and um that makes more sense because like who would want to wait around I mean listen, yeah people like and if this this guy is in the farmhouse and his interest is being like who's in my farmhouse it is kind of a bummer to think that he sits there all year and then once a year appears to some teenage girl <laughs> and it's like, what's she doing? But if it's not so linear and like at other points in the, the course of reality, he's somewhere else or living some other thing or whatever. And then for whatever energetic reason, he gets to come back and like see what's going on with like the place he built. That's actually kind of nice. That's very nice. Yeah, totally. Anyway, this was so wonderful. Thank you, Allie. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank Um, you for having me. What is going on in your life? Where can people find you all over the internet? And what, plug anything you would like to plug. Sure. Uh, If you would like to find me on the internet and talk to me about ghosts, which I'd be highly interested in, uh, you can find me basically anywhere at Miss Alice Nutting. That's M-S-A-L-I-C-E-N-U-T-T-I-N-G. Uh, I made this this name in 2008 when Twitter first started. It is a reference to a musical called The Mystery of Edmund Drood. I did not know that when you, back in the day, Twitter would become like the most important social aspect of our lives. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> too late for me to change that name, but that's where you can find me. Um, I've just started performing live again. So if you are in New York City or in anywhere around that, I don't know, tri-state area or whatever, um, I am on a musical improv team called Rumple Teaser. They are great. I really love them. We survived the pandemic. Yay. Uh, and we're mostly performing at uh, Improv Asylum, which is uh, in Chelsea. Uh, I, think we're, I think we do two shows a month. Uh, and uh, we have some August dates, some September dates. I'll throw them up online. But if musical improv sounds like a thing you're interested in, uh, it's a very good team. We put on a weird show. <laughs> Oh my God, that sounds awesome. This is very cool. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. This was wonderful. Thank you. I thank you for letting me talk about ghosts. It's my favorite thing. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. Please follow our incredible guest on social media. Check me out at Emily MC Winter on Instagram and Twitter. And grab a copy of One Day Smarter, hilarious random information to uplift and inspire my new trivia book wherever you get your books. Uh, Pre-orders are awesome. You guys rule. Have a great week.